Live from Sadler Studios, it is Stay Busy with the King, Armand Sadler. Help me, God. It uh, feels very, very good to be back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Stay Busy with the boy Armand Sather. I am your host, the king, vegan chorizo poppy, uh, multiple miles poppy, all those good things. I'll be writing, I'll be potting, I'll be creating, I'll be tweeting, I'll be resting. Had a very, very restful week, but it feels good to be back potting with my brother, my co-host. How are you? What's up, y'all? How you doing? It's Nick Early. The kombucha king that makes your heart sing. You know how I do it. Um, just having a great, great day today. Uh, running on a little bit of sleep, but we're making it happen. Mm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, so we want to give a big shout out to the listeners who are tapping back in for season two. Any first time listeners, any last time listeners, uh, whether you like Reese's or Kit Kats, happy hours or kickbacks. Tupac okay. or Biggie, Kanye or 50, witches or ghosts, and surfboards or boats. Mm. Okay. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, what, what, bars? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Just take a compliment. Just oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, I was, I, was, I, was, I was just making sure I knew the compliment that you were getting at. But, you know, my, my, but my bad. I'll, I'll let you speak next time. Thank you oh my for complimenting God. my <laughs> weekly bars, brother. I don't want you to think that I am ungrateful for all of this. Speaking of gratefulness, I got to give a big shout out to this guy, Nick. Um, last week, I was able to see two of my woman crushes every day. We, we, we were with, with a gang of our, our good friends. Uh, we attended the live taping of Saturday Night Live. And, you know, I was just excited to be in the presence of Adele, one Adele and one uh, Gabby, otherwise known as her. And, you know, I I, I didn't know what her was going to sing. I thought, oh, maybe she'll do some songs that, like, I've heard and I loved her already. Obviously, she did the new single, Damage, and then she debuted Hold On, which we're going to talk about later. But Adele, during the Bachelorette skit, gave us her classics. And just, ah, just. <laughs> You're welcome. You're all welcome. <laughs> so thank you. Shout out to y'all. Thank you for extending that that branch uh, and inviting. Come on. You know how that is. That's easy. us into that world. Because, man, you know, I was, I was telling you, live music we haven't seen live music in so long and you know it it, it wasn't much but it, it it was enough to satisfy that craving i kind of felt like a crackhead like like oh my gosh guitars <laughs> guitars <laughs> vocals oh my god oh, backgrounds yeah yeah so amazing time amazing time um shout out to anchor audition yeah. platform if you do not know anchor we should be your podcast for free to all of uh the streaming platforms you'd like to use and you get some sponsored ads Regardless of your listenership, 
Zoom, allowing you to see our beautiful black melanated kingly faces. Hydrated and melanated. Okay. No device. We don't we don't do none of that yeah. dry skin crack. Yeah. We we stay moisturized and sanitized. That said, it's time to jump into the chat. It was um very interesting week for music. I'm I'm, I'm gonna admit uh, before we get into any of these topics, I, I was very removed from a lot of things. I, I I took a nap every day this week. I, I really wasn't on Twitter <laughs> like that, and I'm glad because I avoided some very annoying debates. Um, one one debate in particular came from the BET Hip Hop Awards. All things you know, people spend every 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 they spend all the time talking about how BET Awards don't matter anymore. No one cares about BET Awards. Yeah. Blah blah blah. And then Meg, Megan Thee Stallion wins BET Hip Hop Artist of the Year and Twitter goes up in flames. They're like, oh, little Baby, little Baby. And I, I will say, if we're talking musically, Lil Baby definitely had one of the biggest years of, of anyone. But Meg, yeah, but Meg also had a very, very big year in hip hop as well. Um, and if, if we're talking, if we're talking hip hop artists, and that's the thing. We don't know BT's parameters. We don't know if they're just thinking musically. Because if you look at Meg, she had a really big year outside of music as well, which well, which yeah. which is all encompassing in being an artist. And I was just like, why do we really need to debate it if people don't care about BT Hip Hop Awards anyways? Like Lil Baby got his got his double platinum album, major features. I, people are putting him like people are comparing his run to Future's 2015 run and Lil Wayne's 2007 run. It's like so Lil Baby is getting the acclaim and the conversation that, you know, I that I, I think he would want as an artist. So yeah. I don't think he cares about a BT Hip Hop Award, personally. Well, what, what do you think, Nick? I think he's probably like, nah, forget that. We don't care about awards or whatever. But, like, I feel like every artist, low-key, like, it's not a validation thing because they're not seeking the validation. Some artists do seek validation. But some, mm. I think it's just like a... You just want to check those boxes. Yeah. And I think that there are certain things as like, they don't want to look back and be like, well, uh, you didn't get that or didn't get that. And I don't think the BET Awards, BT Hip Hop Awards don't have that like, that high like, you know, notoriety to say like, oh, you yeah. didn't get a BET Award? Like, oh, yeah. you know, what kind of artist are you? Like, oh, that, that's your Hall of Fame status, you know, revoked because you don't have that. No one's thinking about that. But I would say musically, for me, it doesn't make sense as a choice. Like yeah. we're just talking strictly music because Lil Baby has been doing everything they do. You know, I don't even listen to him, but I've just heard of this run. I've listened to the project a little bit, but mm -hmm. um, I think in just consideration of we're talking about things that done for music, Lil Baby has to get it, and mm -hmm. that's just I think that's based on what's been out. Like not even, you know, not even trying to go outside of the music, but outside yeah. of the music, obviously Meg has had a way bigger year. Yeah. Uh, big bigger few months, I would say. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not I'm not mad at anyone who feels though baby is bigger. Like musically I agree he was. Like my, my thing is if we're if we're giving the power to BET to control this narrative and control the conversation and to affect us this way, then let's like let's all agree on that. Because you got some people saying, Why do I care? And then you got other people arguing like it's a Grammy or like you know something else and as if nobody's like, grammy yeah like we, we, we as black consumers of music we don't have that award show that we hold it in that high esteem so like I, I, it was just very weird very weird energy going towards the bet awards and all things and i will say they, they, they they've been doing their thing like during the uh the uh, quarantine era with the performances like that the regular bet awards and the bt hip-hop awards like 
like having each artist kind of make a new video for each performance and just you know because you have to you have to go jump through a lot of hoops to make it make it a dope award show in the midst of you know covid but uh they've been doing their thing with that but i'm just like really guys like <laughs> we do nothing but clown this award show for years so anyways another annoying conversation uh that was <laughs> spawned that i kind of found my way uh, to stay out of uh, buster rhymes he dropped a new album this past week uh, extinction level event two the wrath of god very long album title um and he led <laughs> he led with with the single this week uh, featuring Kendrick Lamar, Look Over Your Shoulder. Very, very dope single, I, I, I will say. It was very nice to hear from Kendrick. We've been, you know, waiting to hear from him all year. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like there's been there's there, there's been that void. Like, J. Cole gave us a couple singles. Uh, and I don't know, he didn't give us any features. Just a couple singles. Drake gave us a whole project and a bunch of features. But, but Kendrick is like, well, what's Kendrick doing? Where's Kendrick at? So it was good to hear from him. And, of course, people started talking crazy once Kendrick dropped a verse. Uh, there was a tweet that went out that said, you know, Kendrick's been the best the best rapper of the last decade. And anyone who says he doesn't have a claim to the GOAT conversation is absurd. And from there, the the conversation naturally went from Kendrick to Kendrick versus Hove, which was very interesting. I've never really heard that 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 comparison being made uh, uh, too often. And then, of course, once Hove comes up, Drake has to come up as well. Um, and the the argument there, which I didn't necessarily agree with either. There are people, and so Drake is the outlier. Drake has stayed around for the last 10 years. He's never really taken a long break. He's consistently been on features, consistently put projects out, and he's shown that certain people are capable of, of staying and maintaining that presence and continuing to get bigger, despite the fact people are getting tired of them. Kendrick, as we've discussed on this podcast a bunch of times, he is a, he, he's a gourmet chef. You're not gonna have his. Five you're not stars. gonna have his filet mignon every day, but, but but when he does make it for you, it's good. And like ha- having that experience is good enough to carry you until the next time you have his filet mignon. And there are people saying, well, you know, Drake's stuck around longer. He's released more. Drake's given us quantity and quality. It's like, yes, that's Drake's blueprint, though. Like that doesn't take away from what Kendrick has done in, in kind of being more strategic and more selective in, in in his releases. Like Kendrick and Cole are a bit more similar in that way. Although I think. Cole's appeared on way more features than than uh, Kendrick. So I would say in terms of presence, it's obviously Drake, Cole, than Kendrick. But Kendrick's contributions every time he does put music out, seismic shifts. He got a Pulitzer Prize. Like, it's a pimp a butterfly. Is, is, got is, Pulitzers? Yeah. So it's like, you know, if, if we're talking numbers and stats, it's, it's very hard to argue against Drake. But if we're talking critical acclaim impact all that like Kendrick definitely has an edge that that's something that I'm I'm, I'm as a fan and I'm willing to concede and I'm at the point now I just don't see a need to really compare them anymore like we get what we get from Drake we get what we get from Kendrick we get what we get from Cole I'm excited to be alive and appreciate those three as they've risen to prominence and are and have birthed new eras of artists like you know we see Kendrick Cole and Drake's influence in, in all these new guys coming up, YBN Corday, Baby Keem, um, all, all these melodic guys, Tiller Black, who are, who are kind of taking that dark and, you know, R&B rap hybrid. It's like we've gotten so much because of these guys that I, I don't see a need to debate anymore. How do, how do you feel about the conversation at this point? I, I agree. It, it's just kind of like people got to understand there's, you know, in the, in the three-headed dragon or whatever, the three-headed beast, whatever you want to call them, they each bring different things. They have their own different personality, but there's a reason why they're in each slot, right? Yeah. 
And I feel like people consistently want to act like currents or recency is like a situation because if you also want to add numbers to it, besides the impact, besides the cultural relevance, Kendrick does crazy numbers. He's broken he all types of rep- records for Good Kid, Mad City, like so far as it's staying on the Billboard you know, charts and all these things like that. So mm-hmm. um, Kendrick is valid in all forms, and I think that he's one of those people that I think pushes the creativity a little stronger. I would say of the three, he's the most creative mm-hmm. from a standpoint of visuals, rollout, delivery. Drake is very, what you see is what you get, very in-centered in this world. Same with Cole. What you get is what you see. Like, you know, KOD was the most, I think, high concept that he had mm-hmm. uh, of, of his project. Everything else is very, like, real, like your big brother talking to you sort of thing. Drake is, like, you know, the commercial superstar. Kendrick, is, to me, is the most creative, most poetic, most um, artistic from that standpoint, like, yeah. uh, of creating worlds and creating, like, not that his albums are so high concept, but, like, Good Kid is, is very much so ground in this world, but you really were brought into the world of what it's like to be a good kid in a mad city. Yeah. Same with, I don't think a lot of people even understand to be a butterfly. <laughs> and a lot of people don't even understand, uh, damn, like what it really means and like that sort of thing um, and what his internal battle was there. So I think his music is a lot more self-reflective. His videos to me hit a little harder from the standpoint of like, they're not just like a high budget video. It's just like, yeah. it's a video that you think of and you remember that when I'm in conversation, I cite Kendrick videos all day. You know, I'm like, you know, that one shot in the all right video when he's doing this or the shot of this, like he just I think he just pushes the boundaries a little further so far as that goes. Um, but you, you and that's why his 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 uh, his meal has so much nourishment. You're going to talk about it until you have the next one. So yeah. they we got to give him his love. They they satisfy different things. And I, I it's and like even looking over the course of history, like. I'm sure Biggie fans weren't looking for Pac to do what Biggie was doing and the same way they weren't looking for Biggie to do what Pac was doing. And like, you know, Hov and Nas, because they were both New Yorkers, like that's, they're a bit more similar, but like, I, I don't know. It's, it's just very weird that, that, that we try to pigeonhole these artists into the same Strange. Um, but, and I'm again, really glad I was able to avoid that conversation on the timeline. Uh, something a bit more cheerful, Ariana Grande, Put out, put out her album positions uh, features. <laughs> well, it's 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 nasty. We'll it's, it, it's, it's, it's a nasty album. I will tell you that. Uh, features include features. <laughs> 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 features include Ty Dolla Sign, uh, Doja Cat, and The Weeknd. Uh, I would say that that Weeknd feature slapped me over over the head. That was uh, my 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 favorite track from the album. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I've, I've never really disliked anything Ariana's put out. Um, and this felt very like, this felt like a deeper kind of entrance into this whole pop and be type thing that she's trying to do. Um, and I talk about it. I think she nailed it. Um, personally, like I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't really have anything bad to say. Um, I, I wouldn't say this is her best album. I, I think, I, and again, it's it's only been it's it's been a couple of days. Um, but the thank you next, I really really liked, and sweetener, I really really liked, and the, the, this one was was good. But I'm gonna I'm gonna have to sit with it a little more. So I'm gonna be 100. I haven't listened to it in entirety in its entirety. The thing for me is not with Ariana Grande is not 
I'm not a, uh, never going to question her vocal ability. We know right. she's a great vocalist, that she can sing pretty much anything. Like We know those sort of things. Those are the boxes. She's checked those boxes. I was on Clubhouse, and there's an interesting conversation that was being had about this album in relation to the whole almost her becoming a blue-eyed soul, seeing the music that a lot of young black R&B women are singing, like, and almost more to the T. From the songs that I did hear, I'm like, oh, like, most of this is, like, R&B and hip-hop, like, mm. and it's packaged in this, like, very pop-leaning thing, whereas the black women doing so don't get the love, doing the exact same type of music, same type of beats. Yeah. And so... The conversation was very interesting and they started to talk about a little bit about songwriters and like why are these songwriters giving her these songs and like aren't there black women that they could be giving these songs to and i think it's it, it was it was just a, like i think an interesting conversation to think to think about um of course you know we're always going to talk about you know colorism and the, the sort of things like you know when someone of a lighter skin tone most of the time what happens they do something that we've always been doing they get shine notoriety or they put it to a new audience or a different audience than we go to because we we put, we um, perform to ourselves most of the time or to our audience, and then you know it's it's innovative, it's new, it's fresh, it's hip, it's fun, it's all these things that I think you know a lot of artists who've been doing this stuff don't get to do as freely as she gets to do it. So I just yeah. want to hear your thoughts if you had anything on like you know the, the opinions there. They were talking about Victoria Monet. And her writing, they're like, why do they? Why does Victoria always give her good songs to Ari? Um, and then people going back and forth saying that you know she may be a set of better songwriter than she is, but uh, an artist. But the point being is that you know, like, we need that. There was like a almost a cry for like we need black women to have the same sort of commercial success singing our music when an artist like Ariana Grande can do it. So. Yeah. You know. No, that's a very, very fair point. I don't, I don't disagree with any of that. I think at the end of the day, the songs go to art because there, there's, there's a big bag associated with, with you know, having songwriting credits on, on, on an Ariana Grande song. Like she's a major, major pop star. So like, and and from what I know, and please, listeners, correct me if I'm wrong. She's never really done anything to disrespect our culture or kind of just to like profit off of it, and then like you know, kind of, kind of. D -d denounce it in ways like Post Malone has done or Miley Cyrus has done. Like I, I think there's a general respect for uh, Ariana Grande within our, our culture. You know, th through her through her ties to like Big Sean and T she's Two Chains and yeah, she's just, she's just a great vocalist. And I think yeah. give her give her 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 flowers in that regard. Mm -hmm. um, and then you know she's gotten cosigns from the black community. Like when they did the uh, the tribute to Aretha, I think she was saying there and like yeah, I don't know if that was when it happened, but like. Somebody called like Patty LaBelle, I think, called her black. Like, wow, like, she, she got big coast, and that was a discussion in the in the uh, in the clubhouse room. But yeah. like, you know, she's gotten a lot of cosigns from the community. Yeah, so in a way that's sort of been the life. I mean, Pharrell produced you know, Pharrell. Though, I mean, you know, Pharrell is obviously stable in our community, pillar in our community. But like, you know, he's he's worldwide at this point. Yeah, um, and so he, he produced, produced on sweet, a sweetener. sweetener. Yeah, um, but my point being, you know, go ahead. I mean. I'll let you finish. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, like, I, I I do agree, though. Like, you know, it, it, it's it kind of it's unfortunate. Like once once um money comes into play, like 
people kind of take the bigger opportunity and, you know, it might not be as much about, you know, giving these songs to the people who we feel should be bigger and, and, you know, more, more deserving, not to say that Ariana isn't deserving. So it, it you know, it, it is very unfortunate. And, and I think Ariana, she, she really benefits from being so big. She can pivot in, in, in whatever direction she wants. And most songwriters in whatever genre are going to want to work with her because they see how big an opportunity it is. So um, it's kind of just one of those things where you benefit from being like the bigger act. Um, but I th- that was a dope conversation. I, mean, I wish I was a part of that. Yeah, it was, it got spicy. It got very interesting. <laughs> it got very, oh, a few moments where I'm looking at my phone like, ooh, y'all said that? Sounds like um, Clubhouse. But, yeah, but it's real. Um, and, and it's something to consider. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I think, you know, obviously we're giving her her flowers. No one's taking away her, her abilities yeah. or anything like that. It's just, you know, one of those things that we do have to, it, it does come up because <laughs> we wonder why is in a, you know, like a certain act like a Normani or a certain act like a, um, you know, even like, well, I say summer is huge, but like there's a lot of other artists that are doing the same type of music with comparable vocals, if mm-hmm. not better or, you know, comparable at least. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's an interesting thing when you talk about the, the commercial aspect of music and, and pushing certain creative boundaries and drawing from certain communities and whatnot. So, yeah. Yep. It is what it is. Moving on. Um, Sam Smith dropped an album, Love Goes. And I'll say, like, I really enjoyed the singles going into this album, Dancing with a Stranger with Normani, My Oasis with Burner Boy. But, you know, I I was surprised that the album dropped. You know, like, as as a writer, not not, not to, but, like, we get press releases, we get publicity emails. So, like, I'm pretty aware of everything going on on Friday and I, I was surprised scrolling through Apple Music. I don't I don't check Apple Music often, but I checked the new releases on Apple Music. I was like, oh Sam Smith dropping out. That's and like I'm I'm a Sam Smith fan. I've been keeping up with the singles. Oh yeah. I didn't even know the album was announced. Like Under the Radar. Was it announced? <laughs> Under the radar. How are we gonna do Sam Smith like that? Um and th- uh, there's this dude I follow. He works at uh he works at a label, uh, M- Mike Hamilton. He's he's on Clubhouse a lot. You've probably seen him. He's 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 a bro also. Um, oh, Mike. But um he was he was tweeting yesterday about how like he didn't know the Sam Smith album came out either. And if you look back like four or five years ago, Sam Smith was a huge act. Like one of every, the biggest every single thing he did in music was like was major. And he's you know, for the last couple of years, he he's he's had a pretty big song every year. He dropped an album back in what like 2017. That was I I liked it. Um but I don't remember it. Yeah, it's like it's it's just crazy to see that like as music has shifted towards a streaming era, like who, who, who's kind of, I don't want to say fallen behind, but like not been at the forefront. And, and Sam doesn't drop as often as, as these other acts. So that, that could play into it, but like neither like Adele doesn't drop that often, but, but Adele's, Adele's albums are also like <laughs> absolutely incredible. I don't know. I don't know if we can compare Adele and Sam Smith. Like I, we I like, we cannot. I think that they wanted Sam Smith to have the impact like Adele, but it just it, it might not have it, it it hasn't stuck for as long as 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 Adele's has. You have to deliver. She did what 19, 21, and then twenty five. Then when twenty five came, it was just it was a spirit bomb <laughs> when it dropped in. But my thing with Sam is just like, and I know he's I to my knowledge, I think he's had like physical problems. Like he had, I think he had vocal nodes. For those mm, who right, understand, yes, vocal nodes. It's like. <sighs> 
if I'm, I guess, I'm saying it correctly, it's like a callus on your vocal folds, or like it's it's damaged to your vocal folds in some way, and it mm-hmm. like prevents you from singing, or it like really significantly decreases your range. It sometimes can be painful. A lot yeah. of people have to have surgery. Um, there's been a lot of artists that get it. Yeah. Um, but like, but the music's like, and you know, maybe I have to sit down and like do like a more in depth listen from his 2013, 2014 stuff to now. But like, I, I've enjoyed everything he's put out like recently it, it just seems like it hasn't had the impact on the people in the same it's way not, it's not sticking and yeah i think a lot of it too though he was one of those guys like if you listen to the music that he really like came out into the limelight with ballads ballads yeah. power ballads like Stay where we see me. his vocal range like think about i'm not the only one think about <sighs> like think about just like think about all the sam smith songs that are just him and the vocals and then yeah he had the nirvana joint he had the um the 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 latch with disclosure that was my joint (laughs) yeah so he had i feel like with him he had a better balance Mm. and i think now I think he might be leaning very heavily. That he might be pushing him very heavily into like the commercial pop lane. Yeah. Um, and obviously, like I can't speak so you know fluidly on it because I haven't listened to Sam's full projects to be able to speak on to like if he has that. But I think his singles as of late have been more pop joints, and I think that's why it gets lost in the clutter. Mm-hmm. Whereas like he doesn't have like a you know power ballad and i think that oftentimes what people do is that, that i think must have some sustaining power i think you can we can talk about this a little bit more you sort of see like a consistent pattern for at least two hours right to sort of establish or like the two projects you see like consistent boom boom and from there they get to experiment and do whatever and i think with him he had that but then like this uh, this like album before this one i don't know the title I don't remember when it came out. I don't. I couldn't tell you a song off of it. <laughs> Meanwhile, we were huge Sam Smith fans. So, like, what are we doing to real vocalists? Two. That was the album that had too good at goodbyes. I'm way too good at goodbye. That that, that was a heater. That was a heater. It was hot. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know, man. I, it's it's a it's a challenge. It's a challenge. Yeah. I think. I think that we're, you know, there's a lot of conversations that I've heard about, like people not knowing how to, how to market R&B, um, soul acts. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's a soulful R&B sort of type of guy, but, you know, he's a pop act. Um, but it, it's just, it's, it's just so interesting to think about how people can fall off. And then there's also just the thing of like, you have your moment, it comes and goes. Yeah, and mo- moments aren't, they're not meant to last always. And sometimes and- it doesn't stick if when you were there it wasn't so like earth shattering yeah so i mean it could be his moment has come and gone or it could be the fact of like you know he's ramping back up Mm -hmm. um but that's why you know when drake is an anomaly right (laughs) yeah but if you can because i think he's had some extenuating circumstances if you can stay as present as possible please if you want to you know continue to do this and I think a lot of artists maybe get burnt out with it or they just don't care no more or whatever. Stay strategically present, strategic presence. Because yeah. so, so some people don't, some people just stay out in the forefront 
but they don't change enough or, or they don't, they try to do the same thing over and over and it gets tired. I'm going to have to look over Sam's catalog, like, and see who he's worked with. Like, I, I know he, he got the John Legend collab back in the day, Burna Boy, Normani, but like, I'm surprised, like, imagine like Sam, Frank Ocean, Sam and like, um, even more so recently, like Sam and Kaylani or like Sam and Janae. Like, I, don't, I just, it's crazy. Yeah, he got a. I should be his. A, I, I should be his A and R. Okay, <laughs> let's jump into some other releases. Um, there, there's a bunch that I haven't heard, so we're, we're just gonna let y'all know what rapid fire what came right. out. Queen Naja misunderstood. Now I, I do love her, and I do I heard a lot of good stuff that. about this. I heard a lot of good stuff about it. Comment: A beautiful revolution, part one, uh, with features from PJ, Lenny Kravitz, and Black Thought. That sounds good. I, yeah, I know I like comments. So I'm gonna definitely tap into Wrong. that. Trippy Red, Pegasus. Uh, also heard some good things about that. Ha- promise I will get to it. At the Deont- time of this recording, I think it's number one on iTunes charts. Okay. Well, sh- shout out to Trippy. Recording. And Trippy is connected to our, our new employee of the month that we will be debuting in a few segments. Um, Deontay Hitchcock, Better Deluxe. Love Deontay. Shout out to him for that release. Omarion, The Connection. Now, I, I really liked the uh, the uh, single. I think it was called Mutual with, with, with Wale. That's right. Uh, that's the pocket I want him to be in. Get on your grown instrumental live pocket. And you love someone who wrote on that track. Anderson Pack wrote on it. That's my and, guy. And, and you, you can hear the Anderson um, influence. And yeah. this is the album. I believe this is the album that Omarion and James Fauntleroy were working on together. Um, and so just, so just from hearing Mutual, or I, I really hope that's the name of the single. Um, okay, cool. Awesome. Um, so after hearing that, I'm definitely looking forward to checking out this Omarion project as well Wizkid made in lagos um heard some snippets i lagos will not give you guys a full review but the feature list look really good her is on that joint lma is on that joint come on like i I can't wait i don't typically do this but the amount of chatter that i heard about this project i had to like positive feedback that i heard mm-hmm. i had to give it a little bit of a spin that i could just to get a taste mm-hmm. y'all saw me when i when i got on this call this yeah. zoom this morning yeah, you, that's you, what you i was listening to so i'm really excited to get into the rest of that th- to today and yeah everything i've heard about it has been great so let's keep going mm-hmm. all right uh eric bellinger eric b for president turn three Eight. Shout out to uh, Eric Bellinger. We, we like him on this pod. Freddie Gibbs featuring Big Sean, a hit boy of four things. Now, they've been teasing this for a while. Um, I was expecting, you know, one of those very lyrical, you know, like one of those fun lyrical exhibitions. Hit boy has been on a producer tear this year. I was very pleasantly surprised to see the song was less than two minutes because Freddie be rapping, Big Sean be rapping. And not that I didn't want to hear more from them, but when you see those two names together, you expect a very rapidly rap five minute type song. Yeah. This felt very fun. It had, it, it was dedicated to the Lakers of winning. So it had a very championship triumphant feel to it. They, they did really fun, like two bars, Freddie, two bars, Big Sean. They like really weaved in and out. And it was like, and th- People get really upset when they see Big Sean is featured on a song because the people have problems sitting through a Big Sean verse. I don't know why, but I was like, yo, Freddie, this is a genius way to make people listen to Big Sean without them having to sit through a full 16. You Two bars in, and then you give two bars, and then you come in, you give them a hook, you, a two bar, two, two. I was like, yo, this is, this is genius. And, like, 
because like Big Sean has had some really good lines on it too. Like like at the end of the day, he he's a punchline rapper, so he's very hit or miss. And this this song hit for me, so I would strongly suggest you guys check out uh, Four Things. Uh, Lil Durk, Black, and Young Thug collaborated for Stay Down. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I didn't love it. Um, seeing the names, I, I expected to love it. These are three artists that I really, really enjoy. Um, again, you know, maybe with sitting with it more time, I'll, but you know, these are the melodic. Uh, very gracious. <laughs> hey, very gracious. I also like. I didn't like it, but. Let me sit with it. Look, like, bro, that, I off of I, singles. Like, if it sounds like some, so you can say it sounds like everything else they've done too. It well, probably, here's here's the thing. Does. I have written off songs before very early, and they've become some of my favorite songs in two months, three months time. Like Party Next Door had a couple on Party Mobile that I was like, oh, that's, that's a skip, that's a skip. Now, like, Never Again is my favorite song on that album. So it's like, you know, I, like, while I, I, I'll, I'll give an opinion on something, I don't, I, I don't want to be married to it. You know what I'm saying? So I, and, and, and this is what I try to encourage everyone to do. This is what this podcast is for. Like, you know, people really focus on these moments in time and they give these opinions and they stick to them. And it's like, something might impact you later. Like, I, I didn't love to Pickle Butterfly when it first came out. Now I, I see how magnificent it is. You know what I'm saying? You just gotta you gotta give stuff time sometimes. <laughs> Anywho, oh um, French Montana and Pop Smoke Double G did not hear it, but yeah, yeah, check it out. Let, let me know how it is. It's always good to see Pop's name with uh, next to French. I'm I'm a little concerned, um, but but oh, we wilding today. Uh, Tierra Wet Dora next. <laughs> Whoa, bro, bro, bro! What are you Next. doing? What are you doing? Do not disrespect Tierra Wack like I that. I love Tierra too. I just, I, maybe I was in the wrong mood for this song. I like Tierra. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not gonna give it a chance to grow on me. I'm gonna just listen to the songs of Tierra that I do like. Um, I'll be ready for the next single, Tierra. Love you. I will play it when I come by the apartment, and when we will see your mind change. Um, her. Our baby, as we said, debuted Hold On on Saturday Night Live. Um, I mean, there's what else is there to say? But I'm just ready for, for the full-length album. I, I, she's dropped so many Lucy's over the last year. I don't know what's going to be on it. I don't care. I just know it's going to be good. And you know what's crazy? Piece of, uh, damage dropped, the, the Damage single in the video. And I saw people on Twitter saying, hmm, maybe her isn't boring after all. I was like, wait, y- y'all thought her was boring? I'm this whole it time, yeah. it, it, it took damage for y'all to think she's not boring. It, was she boring or was she just reserved as an artist? Was she just not present and was she just allowing y'all to focus on the music by wearing her shades and covering up and not doing interviews and all that? Is, is it boring? Is, 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 is it boring? So this is what I'll say. I've heard conversations like that. I've been in, I've seen threads. I've heard it on Clubhouse, so on and so forth. Um, a lot of people for a long time, like, expected that for the EP, not the two EPs that she made at the album, like I used to know her, those EPs, like that around that time people were expecting her to be more out front. Because especially after the Grammy nod, like people were expecting like, all right, take the glasses off. Like who are you? You want to see it. And I think it was like I think after a while people were kind of like over it, just like over the whole mysterious thing. Um and I've heard that a lot. And for myself I felt like, you know, like we want to I want to know more because I'm very invested into like her career and like everything she's doing because I feel like she's making one instruments cool again. 
and she too she's like leading the charge and like how i think she's a great case study is how to market an r&b artist yeah um, as well as her music is very much so to me real music yeah. uh, it's rooted in a lot of real music elements that is has commercial success and commercial appeal so um yeah i've heard that before uh and i think people i think she's naturally you know she's shy she's shy but she's breaking out of the shell and they're making her wear glasses but more clear glasses you can see her face and like things like that so i think by time what she's like now i think give her a few more years she'll be like fully just you know out out but she's out now and she's she's doing more of that but yeah i think for a long time there were people were like kind of like there's a there's a cool factor to like the Ooh, who's this behind the music? And then you see, oh, it's this girl. She uses glasses. She plays every instrument. And she does this. Okay, now give me more. Mm-hmm. And I think that people were like ready for that to be displayed a little more. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, last but not least, Alicia Keys dropped a new single, "A Beautiful Noise," featuring Brandy Carlile. Check that out. I haven't heard it. Let me know how you like it. But I promise you, I will get to all this music, and I might have an hour-long chat just to analyze every single thing that I missed this week. Um, hey, I, I, I want you to let you guys know, normalize taking music breaks. These Fridays can be very aggressive. Um, and it's okay if you don't get to everything. I didn't. <laughs> so I'm I'm trying to make myself feel better by letting y'all know you don't got to get to everything either. Okay. All right, a let's challenge. Jump. It is. It is. That said, what you sipping on today, brother? I am sipping on. I'll show you what I'm sipping on. Some hydrogen and oxygen molecules. Okay. All right. Yeah. The good the good H2O. You know how that goes. Um, didn't have no kombucha today because I'm trying to, you know, not drink so much acidic stuff. But hydrogen and oxygen will do the job. This half and half for this week is coming out of Holix. I don't, I don't know how to say it. Holix? Holix. Holix Daily. Holixdaily.com. Uh, this uh, is basically a discussion about Spotify's new tool revolutionizes music podcasts, mm. and it is free. This is by James Shotwell. So thank you, James, for giving us this information, telling us that Spotify is reinventing music podcasts. Now they just released a feature world where well where users worldwide can create podcasts using Anchor that includes music from the Spotify library. So all my podcasters out here, this is very interesting. If you've been trying to license your music or just be able to not get caught with, you know, uh, copyright things because people on Twitch are getting, Twitch is getting smoked right now with that. Like it's been a big thing. So license your music if you can. The music basically is now available to creators without the licensing fees. Caveat, of course, artists will make the money great. That's a great thing. But the caveat is that it's only me available to Spotify users. So it cuts the reach a little bit, but it's, of course, a genius decision for Spotify for them to be able to incorporate that sort of thing to users with their huge investment in podcast, podcasting from acquiring Anchor, uh, basically making podcasting the easiest thing to do if you have you know, a smartphone or any sort of device or anything like that. So... I wanted to just have this discussion about this. Like, what do you think that this is going to do so far as allowing podcasters who are serious about podcasting on the cusp of trying to, you know, make something happen, but trying to get their ducks in a row so far as a production standpoint, I feel like this might increase the production value of a lot of podcasts, given the fact that they can now play 
some of their favorite songs or current music. If we're talking about something, we can just spin that joint and the artist is going to get paid and you're not going to get a licensing fee. What do you think about it? Yeah, absolutely. We have to jump through so many hoops to play the music. Like, like you see what we have to do with Kieran on Zoom uh, to play our songs just because we're concerned about playing them directly from streaming services. And like, you know, I think about when I've gone on IG Live and played music directly from uh, Spotify and they've like shut down my IG Live immediately. So there's, there's a lot a lot of hoops we, we, we have to go through to be a music podcast and let the people hear what we want to hear. So I think this is genius on Spotify's behalf for, for the users. Obviously, it, it benefits them as well. And it kind of creates that, that uh, oh, you guys should be exclusive to us because, you know, Apple isn't giving you this right or, you know, title isn't, you can't even put a podcast on title unless you're, unless you're under title directly. So, uh, you know, Spotify is clever. They, um, they, 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 they get a lot of complaints, but they, but they also do a lot of things that ultimately work to their benefit. Do you, why do you think title does that? Just real briefly. Like, do you think that that's about them trying to curate the noise? Like, you know, yeah, kill like, the noise or like, yeah, they want, they want more creative control, more content control. So like everything under title comes directly from them. Like, uh, like Rap Radar with, with L.A. Wilson and Brian B. Dot, or like there was just this podcast called The Group Chat with um, I think it was Speedy and uh, Jinx and someone else. But I, th- I think it's just they want because they're a new streaming service and they're they're still kind of like they're people who consider them like the the, the the little brother to Apple and Spotify. This is kind of their way of saying like, oh, well, Spotify just really got into this content you know, pushing podcasts and like we, we have our own original stuff that we host, which is, which is better, which, you know, some people might, might argue that. So one day I'm going to get title one day, one day it's, I'm going to get it. it. It's, it's cool. I've, I've, I've enjoyed using it. It's got a nice user interface, but I use Spotify the most hands down. All right. Word. Well, half and half. Ladies and gentlemen, we are opening up a new month and a new month means a new employee of the month. Yes, sir. Woo. So let us, Give a big shout out to my homegirl, sweetheart, such a nice girl, Olivia. Hope I'm pronouncing this right. Shao Hoop. Just gonna repeat it a bunch of times. I hope I get it right. Um, Olivia is a social and digital media strategist for One Trippy Red. You might know of him. We spoke about him earlier. Just put an album out called Pegasus. Um, She's also the director and founder of Amethyst Collab, um, and they do creative consultations, branding decks, and they do playlist marketing for artists. Now, Olivia is committed to putting women at the forefront and having women's voices be heard. So she hosts digital panels exclusive to women in marketing, A&R, management, and various other disciplines. And she has popular boss talks with, you guessed it, the women. Um, I, I really enjoy her. Uh, we came into contact a couple months ago and she's been a huge support. Um, I love everything she's doing and just the energy she brings to the music industry, putting women at the forefront. Um, really you can't ask for more than that. So one more time, shout out to our employee of the month, Olivia. Yeah, Olivia. So you just got to stick with the first name sometimes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let us get into the slide deck. Take us away, Frank Ocean. The best song wasn't the single, but you weren't either. All right. So, episode seven, uh, lucky number seven, our jewel episode. What did you bring for us to play, brother? I have a great song. Found this artist on Clubhouse. I was just in a room when we were playing. It's called, uh, the room is called Let Me Beat. 
and it is a, a place where people play music. And so I, I played a few songs. This guy came up to the stage, and I went and ran his project. And this song is Fire. This is Honey by Asar. This is Asar, Ro, Marsalis, and Aaron Doe. Uh, it's produced by Aaron Doe and a few others. Check it out. For the plateau's present If you ain't first Then you dead last Finding strength in my dead legs I often feel like I trespass In a circle where the winner stands tall I'm a hunchback Runs run along When the dose talk business I'm a boss, baby Depend on me The way we move That depend on you See, I'm still learning How to dance the line Hold my hand so I don't stumble and fall I'm a natural I catch on quick Latch on your first step My tact on in on tackling what's next We not competing for no spotlight here In my eyes you the center of attention I'm fixated Stuck in a thick shady You breathtaking to me Boogie like I caught my second win For the first one ended Love capacity capsize adapt My right and my left moving in tandem I work hard to have you on my arm Onlookers try to take you away They can't match the way that we sway Lovely moving sweeter than honey Yeah Can't nobody take you from me Went too hard to make you mine now Promise there ain't nothing coming it's gonna take your place to smile about They can take your place to smile about I did a lot of searching Looking for a way to find out Well, I haven't reached my purpose Since you can, it's all behind now Since you can, it's all behind now Woo! Woo! Okay. Okay. Come on. Shout out to him. Come on. You know what's funny? People are like, I, no one's told me this, but I know people are like, Nick only plays R&B. Nick only plays R&B. Listen, I've been listening to the, the hip and the hop, the rip and the rap. I've been listening a little bit. Um, But when I heard that song, it immediately caught my attention, immediately caught my ear. And that wasn't even one of the songs that he played. When he in in Clubhouse, um, but shout out to Asar from Chicago, I believe he's from. Uh, so yeah, man, I I'm I was I really love that the production. You know, I like that type of production. You could hear oh, a singer right. on that. It just lends lends to a perfect sing rap collab, all of the above. So uh, that was a great 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 song. Y'all check them out. Armand Sadler, what you got today? I have a very special record. Um, this is Shades of Blue. This is, comes from uh, the boy Yao G's, um, a rapper out of New York, uh, one that I love very much. Dope, dope dude. Very dope. Um, so like, well, like a big bro, like an uncle. And this is produced by King Rem. Yeah. Uh, hard times, somehow we made it through. I'm Pablo Picasso. 
Picasso, painting shades of blue. My rhyme book one day I'll be hanging in the Louvre. Scar battered and bruised, at least the frame is new. Confused niggas will love it and try to hate it too. Shout out my boy Armand, gave me a rave review. You niggas IG live, this here's pay-per-view. The boys back in pocket, baby kangaroo. Uh, lot of stands from overseas flights. Paid a pretty penny, speaking over these mics. Pair of pretty pennies, pick them over these mics. Blue and red ones, cause they remind me of police lights. Beans, rice, avocado, three slice. Sorry, no negotiation over the price. Flow precise, OD nice. Always yell out trips when throwing three dice. Uh, just the curse of a perfectionist. Uh, with a certain thirst for excellence. And a hunger for more, love the allure. Life's a bitch I adore, running the raw. Just the bass in the loop, I don't need a drum. Cop the white for low sum on the Neiman's run. Black kings, black queens, that's who we among. As well as a few real niggas and street alums. Uh, classmates was playing top 40. My uncle had us on flat, but at the block party. Was playing naughty. Rock him, Bob Marley. A slick Rick type chain, that thing he rock gaudy. My man Tory used to pull up in the drop worry. Shot Barney's, hot shorties, rock Marley's. Said he was laying low, feeling like the ops on him. Two weeks later, got shot. It's all good. Jeez. Yo, I okay. I gotta I gotta let people know on the story. I was there for this session, so that's why I know the bars. Um wow. Yeah, I was a professional. He's a professional yeah. <laughs> lyricist. He's a lyricist. I I really have a lot to owe. Yeah, you know, Yaoji's. I owe him a lot. He's he's really done a lot for me, uh, so far as setting me up with my New York situation for the studio. Uh, just introduced me to a lot of people. He's just you know Uncle Yao, as we affectionately call him. Yeah, he is the best rapper I know. So, yeah. you know, it's it's an honor and a pleasure to be to be uh, associated with him. And uh, he has actually has a show on Mondays. We're gonna plug a show on Mondays on IGTV. Rapping with G's, I, yeah, rapping with G's. Um, you can follow him at Y A W G E E Z Music. Yao yeah. G's music, yes. Spelled Y A W, but pronounced Yao. Yeah. Wow! Shout out to King Ram. That was tough. Yeah, that beat is it's 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 just perfect enough to give Yao that space to do what he does, and you know, Pusha T talked about it in the in the, in this interview a couple years ago. Like he doesn't just rap; he 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 draws. Like he he feels he draws masterpieces, and the way Yao paints these vivid pictures, like he's so detailed. Three slices, like beans, avocado, like pair of pretty 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 pennies, like. Y'all boys IG live on pay per view like it's just like it's it's those it's those little nuances and Yao's yeah Yao's significantly older than us but he's very tapped in so he's the type of rapper where his style and delivery the older rap fans can enjoy but then the younger rap fans hear what he's talking about and you're like oh like I feel that like I'm into it and me I'm I'm not from New York like I'm 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 Jersey. I spent a lot of time in New York. I feel like I have a good understanding of it. But I'm not from New York. But yet the stories Yao tells makes you feel like you're from. You you've come up in in what he's come up in. He's got a great project from last year. You're all welcome. 2019. He just put out uh, Back to the Basement uh, literally this past week. Um, and so I highly highly suggest you all check those out. And of course, uh, artists. 
The Stay Busy Slide Deck playlist is available on all platforms. All you got to do is hit our bio, the IG, or the Twitter. Artists, we, we, we're getting some artists sending some tracks. I want to give a shout out to Finally. my boy Will C. Dropped his project Burgundy this past week. Got picked up by Pitchfork uh, for a track with Young Baby Tate. So uh, okay. we'll see. Bro. Super, super talented guy. Highly, highly suggest y'all check out Will C's project. An artist, you know what I'm saying? Send those tracks in. Maybe I have to pull some strings. I'm, I'm, I'm playing, but just send the music in. We want to hear it. Send the music. We want to hear it. That's it. My brother, are you ready for the board meeting? I like meetings, especially with the board. So it is. We're getting into the, the waning moments of 2020. 2020 has obviously been a year that we... Um, did not expect it to be. Um, and it's changed a lot. Um, right. And one thing in particular, which we talk about often on the show is music and the way music is consumed. We're not at tours. We're not at live shows. We're not at festivals. We're not at meet and greets. We might be brunching, but it's not the same brunch energy as, as it was back when we were, you know, pot packing 30 people into woodland or, or whatever. And, Art you know, woodland controlling the ox you know it's very different people might be throwing parties but it's just it's not the same like there's not that universal enjoyment of music that lends itself to the type of analysis and and assessment that we can do in previous years so i've personally had a lot of conversations recently i'm I'm sure you probably had similar conversations Mm -hmm. where people are trying to you know say well was this a good year in music people were saying 2019 and 2020 were were relatively weak years in music um yes yes i know that crazy face right and you know i i credit it to a few things and just by your faces this is going to be a fun discussion i can't wait so let's look at 2019 first please my immediate thoughts as to why 2019 was not the year that people wanted it to be was because a lot of the major heavy hitters didn't drop drake didn't drop a new album he gave us so far gone and care package j cole you know, J. Cole and Dreamville gave us Revenge of the Dreamers, but J. Cole didn't drop the solo album we were waiting for. Kendrick didn't drop the solo album we were waiting for. Beyonce gave us Lion King and Homecoming. No, was Homecoming 2019? Yeah, it was 2019. But like, we ain't get no new music, new music from her. We ain't get a whole album. Um, we, we got a Kanye album, but it, you know, it was Jesus King. It wasn't like you know. So I, I, it feels like, it feels like there was just a void, but. 2019, I feel like we saw a lot of new talent rise up. We got Ari Lennox's album, Snow Allegra's album, YBN Corday's album, Rhapsody's album was really good. Revenge of the Dreamers put so many new artists on. And, and I feel like if we were to sit here and really list out albums, and I, 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 we, we could go back and, like, I'm, I'm, I'm capable of this. Like, if we were to really sit here and list albums, we'd see, like, yo, there was a lot from 2019 that I enjoyed. But I, I truthfully feel like the comparison is people look at a year like 2015, 2016, oh, 2017. Suck. And it's like, yes, if you're holding every year to these incredible classic years, like, like let, 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 let's look at what we got in 2015, 2016, 2017. That's 2015, great. we got To Pimp a Butterfly, Kendrick. If you're reading this, it's too late. Rodeo, Travis, Strum Life, Ray Stormer. We got Future's incredible mixtape and album run leading up to What a Time to Be Alive. We got Trap Soul. We got Purpose by Bieber. We got Darkest Before Dawn by uh, Pusha T. We got uh, Meek Mill's album, Dreams Worth More Than Money. We got Miguel Wildheart. Um, we got we, we got a bunch. And then if you, if you want to go to 2016, A Seat at the Table, Crazy. A- Auntie, 
Lemonade, Views, Coloring Book, Ish. Birds in the Trap, St. McKnight, Blonde, Jeez. Slime Season 3. Um, did Adele drop that year? Or no, that was, that was Bruno. Bruno dropped 24K Magic 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Or was that early 2016? It was like the end of 2016. Right at the end. Yes. And, but then if we get into 2017, Freudian, Control, 444, Damn, More Life, Rather You Than Me, Morning After, Sanderson. But it's also like we've had more time to sit with these albums and see them age. Way more time. And, you know, so I, I often ask people, like, what is it about the music this year that, that you feel makes it a bad year? And people are just like, it's just not hitting the same. It's not sticking the same. I'm like, going on that. Go ahead. Well, what does that mean? That, that, that's my question is, what do you mean by that? Go on. What I think the biggest difference and the reason why you cannot compare those monumental years, I would say you compare 2019 to those years from a sense of, like, if you feel like the music just wasn't as good. And my point to that is that y'all just want to hear from your favorites. You don't want to hear no new music because 2019 had a lot of, like we said, emerging artists and some of your favorites dropped. I mean, Tyler, the creator, Igor was mm -hmm. 2019. Yep. When I get home, Solange, and I know yes. that was kind of like up in that, like some people didn't really like it. Some people did like it. You know, Ari dropped that year. Meg, mm -hmm. you know, like, like, there's a lot of people that released in that year. Thug. Oh, Chris Brown. Daniel Caesar. Like, it was a lot of people who released, like, albums that we are talking about and did talk about for a while. So, I mean, it was, I would say, as a whole, a year for a lot of new people to, to break through. Because, yeah, there were some key points that I think our expectations, we were let down because we wanted those key people to, you know, and we, we always will. We're always going to want to hear We're from them. But music is more than just that bubble of, of the elite who we know we're going to get good music from them. Exactly. I'm curious about the next people up and hearing from them. It was great to, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but like hearing from YBN Corday, Roddy Rich is out because Roddy was someone I was like, oh, like his sound, like he sounds similar to other people. Is And then his album, please excuse me for being antisocial. Really, really good. And 2020 has been a year he's really stamped himself. Griselda, we didn't even get into Griselda. Like their 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 output, their 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 organic rise in popularity. Like if Drake dropped an album that year, like yeah, like like Griselda would have still got their just due and, and their attention. But all anyone would have been talking about in 2019 is all right, like ranking the albums, and it would have just been like the same names. I don't always want to talk about the same people all the time. Me personally, now please go on. I'm sorry. No, I I think that's a, that's a great point. Um, pe people just they they say these things just surface level, and they don't really like really think about it, or they only think about what they listen to. Well, no one released for what I like, and it's just like you know what, go somewhere with that. This is why you you know this is a podcast for, for people who want to dive a little deeper into music and talk about you know a little more act like. The, the nuance let's yeah. get into the, the nitty-gritty you know yeah. the, the good stuff and so um not just the the major popular opinions but my main point bringing it into 2020 what did we get of 2020 two and a half months we got two and a half months and on the east coast it was cold right a lot of songs and why people are saying i'll say this objectively i feel like this has been a great year creative wise We've gotten some really good projects. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm really excited to see how it will finish out. Why songs aren't sticking is because a song sticks to me when I hear it in my headphones. Then I go hear it out in the world. 
experience. And I see yeah. the reaction. I experienced the record. Mm-hmm. When I experienced uh, uh, the, the great example I can think of, 2019, Everyday People, I went to like three of them. When the song, yeah, 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 uh-huh, yeah. When they played that joint, the, the party went crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And a lot of people only knew that part of the record, but that record stuck. I have so many, I caught so many doves off that (laughs) (laughs) So many good memories of that record, right? And that's what something that sticks with you. It's people be forgetting that music is a social experience. Mm -hmm. It's social. You got to experience music with other people. Yeah. Why? Have we seen music sales decrease? I mean, uh, music streams decrease. Audio. Because people aren't moving. People aren't going nowhere. They're not walking to work, jamming out. To, oh, I want to hear this new whoever it is. They, mm-hmm. They're not going to work. They're not in the whip going this place in the early quarantine. Yeah. And I saw a lot of projects got swept under the rug that were would have gotten, I think, way more attention. Yeah. I.E. Childish Gambino's project. Did y'all even know he released this yet? I bet a lot of people don't even know that. That project went swept under the rug coming off his great run that he had. Yeah. That was like the weekend right before the shutdown, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think people just got to do a little searching but and realize that this year is an anomaly type year. We cannot compare it. We'll see in 2021 if, we're, if we can go outside. Mm-hmm. But the, 2020 is a standalone situation. Yeah. So saying like the music didn't stick Music sticks when you get to see it out, when you're out shopping and you hear it on the radio and you're looking yeah. through clothes and you you dancing because you hear your song. You when you're driving the car, hearing it on the radio. When you're, you know, out and people's outside playing dominoes and you hear the song. Like that's how stuff sticks and, yeah. and you see the reaction and the experience and the, and you really gauge the impact. So in conclusion, we I think what the music has been missing from this year is that we haven't been able to gauge the impact of yeah. the music. Because there's a lot of good music. Yeah. But that's why we haven't been, I think it hasn't been quote-unquote hitting, is that we haven't been able to see, like, what do y'all really think about it based on yeah. how it feels? What do the DJs think about it? It's just a lot. There's so many layers when you think yeah. about music being outside in their social experience. Brunch, they play... Oh. Yeah. You know, it, so that's why we cannot, we cannot, you know, I think compare... Or say that the music wasn't good this year, or didn't yeah. hit. You can say you can you know subjectively say, oh, I didn't like this project and like that. That's fine. But you have to limit it at that. You can't say it didn't stick or didn't hit, yeah. because how else would you have known? Especially from the bigger acts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I think it, I think it's I think the best way to put it, and I just came up with this is like it's been a great year creatively. It's been a bad year experience wise. If we're speaking about music experientially, yeah, experientially even better. Yeah. Cause like, even as the world is opening up, like Atlanta opened up within like a month of Atlanta COVID and, and Houston count. or whatever. So like <laughs> some people are clubbing, some people are at bars and there are bars open in, in, in New York. Like I've stopped by an outdoor bar, but even so you're not, they're not playing music. There's not a DJ there. Like it's just, it's very, very, very different vibes. Not but I don't think artists who are accomplishing things this year are like looking at them with an asterisk. Like Lil Baby went again, he went double platinum in six months. I'm sure he's very, very excited about that. There, there, there are a lot of artists who have still done some really great things this year. Yeah. And and I think I think that's even more of an accomplishment to kind of have worked through these circumstances 
um, to, to, to still achieve. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think as consumers and I'm, I'm always the bad guy. I'm like, no, it's you. Like you have to, you have to look, look within yourself and acknowledge your biases. Like, no, but we do need to be more responsible. Like I'm like, if, if you can come up with a top 10 list of a top 10, top 15 list of, of albums that, that you've liked this year, then I don't really think you can call it a bad year. They, they might not be amazing. They might not be as good compared to the 2016 albums, but like, there are millions of artists in the world. Like you, you can find something you like, like, so millions. I, so to go back to my early point, I really think it being a bad year is based on certain people not meeting the mark that you wanted them to, or, or, or putting music out period. Um, and, and it's crazy too, because we also always talk about how like music is so saturated now and like everyone's releasing and people experience fatigue. Like 2018 was a high volume year. You got, Culture two from Migos. You got two two out of their three solo albums. You got Scorpion from Drake. You got KOD. You got the Black Panther soundtrack. You got Redemption from J Rock. You got five good music albums. Um, you got Black East Atlanta Love Letter. You got Lil Baby. Uh, I am, I mean Twenty One Savage. I am greater than I was. You got Meek Mill Championships. You got Everything Is Love. Jay Z and like that was a high volume year. We were getting Invasion of Privacy. Invasion of Privacy. Cardi B. Uh, Victory Lab. Nipsey Hussle. Astro World. Travis Scott. Um, Mac Miller swimming like that was such a high volume year and everyone was complaining about you know there's a big release every week we can't handle this so they then they don't know what they want we get a break in 2019 and y'all are like ah but but yeah. we wanted to hear from this person they put something out last year and you complained about it like <laughs> so like you know come on like we, we we have to be honest as critics and consumers and if you aspire to be a responsible consumer, if you don't, cool. Well, we don't got to talk. But if, mm-hmm. if you do, we have to be honest, acknowledge like our experiences with music have been limited. At, like I'll, I'll speak for myself. But since March to, you know, maybe like my, my birthday month, I'll just sit in my room, turn my speaker on. I'll just play albums all day. Like I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not commuting to work. I'm not in the gym. I still want to hear the music that's coming out. So I would just play music all day. And it, it, it's different. It's something that I had to force myself to do. And it was more active listening as opposed to the passive yeah. listening that I would do at the gym or that I would do on a commute. But it, it allowed me to really fall in love with albums. Like, you know, you guys know I speak so highly of the, of the Division album, but like I've really sat with that, like, like studied it, like really learned all of the nuances, like really analyzed it and, and assessed it. And it's like, I feel like I've become one with the album because I had nothing else to do. So I just sat here and listened to music. And so I think if like you can make that extra effort, take that extra step to experience the music in a, in a very different way, especially like R and B music. Like it's been a pretty high volume R and B year, but like you're not hearing a lot of the R and B out at a bar at clubs. Like you might hear it at brunches, brunches and day parties are, are like, you know, and now the R and B parties are, are, are more of a thing. You kind of hear them more often, but you're really hearing track records and, you know, like the, the, yeah, the, the like party hip hop records. So it's like, you know, for it to be such a, a heavy R and B year, like it's, it's just so fascinating that people are so dependent on the environment and like, and you know, not to say I don't listen to R and B music on, on my commutes. Like sometimes I'll play it when I'm at the gym too. Like I'm, I'm, I'm weird like that, I but it's a jazz. Yeah. <laughs> it so it's like, me. like, it's like you have the freedom 
through streaming to listen to this stuff at any time you want. And so I, I, I think I think this kind of shows we let our experiences and some outside forces dictate our our listening and our assessment of the music rather than kind of carving it and creating it ourselves. Like people saying, oh, we're not outsides. So we can't experience it. It's like, well, if you're, if you're not outside, you're not community work, that just leaves you more time to be, and you know, I, I, people are still working from home doing the nine to five Zoom meetings and all that. So I don't want to say you got all the free time in the world like I do, but like th- there are opportunities to create the time to engage with the music without it being the experience we're used to. To your point there, though, I think also that just is a great thing is that like average people aren't music fans. Are there less music fans? I think this really show people who likes music and who doesn't, or who just like tolerates music and like mm-hmm. who listen. Like I know some people like who they listen to music when it's out in the world or when they're driving, and but they other like they literally don't listen to music. Yeah. So it just is what it is, and so like we can't take opinions from those people who don't really listen to music, right? right. And di- let them dictate of how we feel about certain projects or certain years in music and how things are rolling, but. Like you said, this you know this year is an anomaly year, and that does have to be accounted for when you talk about impact of records because mm-hmm. the records aren't even capturing those people that just hear them in passing and then learn the song yeah. because they've just heard it every day for the last fifty days because they've been you know driving to work every day or whatever it is. Yeah. And so it's just an interesting point to think about, but I really like this discussion. I really like yeah. This, one. this is. I'm I'm hopeful for the rest of 2020. I've thought that there. I mean, I can really go on and on and on about the, the projects that I've enjoyed, the songs I've enjoyed from this year, um, from artists that I like, artists that I've come to discover. So this has been a good year for creatives, I think. Well, okay, retract that, edit that out. It has not been a good year for creatives from the standpoint of obviously, you know, being able to make livings and being able to. Uh, to you know, live their lives and to the fullest capacity. However, I feel like being alone has allowed, uh, oftentimes, like allowed a lot more creators the time and afforded them the moments to just pause and reflecting what they're doing and what they want to get to. And a lot of them have taken this opportunity of the quarantine to really go introspective and get like very good content. So I think from a lot of R and B acts, I can speak to at least, we've gotten some very deep writing, very strong songs from that standpoint. So. Yeah. Um, I think content-wise, it has afforded the time and the space for creatives to really delve into the sort of things if they have taken advantage of the time that way. Yeah, and I've I've been keeping a list of like songs I really enjoy that I can't wait till you know when things are normal again. I can go to a festival like songs I'm going to be excited to hear in a live space around people because we haven't really gotten that experience like you know Blueberry Fago, Lil Mazi, or Go Crazy Young Thug, Chris Brown, or you know like. Um, uh, time flies, Drake. Because I, I, I really feel like that song would have been bigger if it if it was like a normal situation. But you know, we'll never know. But yeah, I, I've really enjoyed 2020. Like 2020 gave us uh, your favorite album, B7. Like, and yeah. I, I, I don't think aside from seeing Brandy live, which I'm sure you probably would have done after hearing that album, of course. I, I don't think it's really affected like how how you would listen. Like outside being open has really affected how you would listen you know well, i'm an artist and i'm also music yeah fan, so like yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, we, yeah we can't use our we can't put ourselves in these, of course in these things because we will of seek course. out the music regardless of course of course um but yeah no uh 2020 was a good year if, if you want to debate me on if you want to argue uh me with please it, let's uh, please let's let's jump in our comments jump in our IG comments jump in our twitter yeah, I don't know why. 
Uh, Bulletin Boards, like I said, uh, check out the new project from Will C. Burgundy. Check out Back to the Basement from Yao G's. Um, and artists, if y'all got anything coming up that you want to announce, the Bulletin Board, Busy Boys. I want to plug a few projects, too. Got you. Please. Our, uh, a rapper I know by the name of R. He goes by R Story Ave. He uh, released a project called All or Everything. Check yes. that one out. Very good project. A uh, lot, of, lot of good stuff coming out, y'all. So uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. You know, we got stuff to look forward to, y'all. Don't think that yeah. music is lost or there ain't no hope for music because R&B has been great this year. It's been very great. Music's been everything I've needed this year. I don't know what I would have done without music during the quarantine. So um, I'm very thankful for everyone who's put the music out and, and, and been courageous despite, you know, all the things that kind of were hindered in your rollouts and your post rollouts. Um, and that said, we'll be getting a Nick Early EP by the end of 2020 <laughs> as well. <laughs> trying so, to get into existence. If y'all want that Nick Early EP, y'all need to uh, stay inside, wash your hands, sanitize, moisturize, but more importantly, stay safe, stay humble, stay busy. Baby girl, baby girl, how you feeling? I've been out in the world, staying busy, taking time, getting right. If you miss me, I've been out in the world, staying busy. Monday's not a yell. Monday's not a yell. Party with the gang. Every week, tell a friend. Every week, tell a friend. Busy over every day. Busy boys, gotta call now. Ain't you heard? Ain't you heard? Got the vibes. Got the vibes. Put you on. Put you on. Got the slides, got the slides. I'm the size, I'm the size. Running down, no we hold it down. Baby girl, baby girl, how you feeling? I've been out in the world, staying busy. Taking time, getting right. If you miss me, I've been out in the world, staying busy.